Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You Podcast. This is season four, episode two. Uh, We're coming to you today, mostly from Colorado Springs, home of the U.S. Space Command, and we are your space cadets reporting for duty. Oh, my. I'm Terry, and I'm the church ministries leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan. I'm the director of multiplication in Eastern PA. All right. And he does other things too, but he's I do. To, <laughs> I decided to make it short. to be humble. It only Just took three seasons for time. Alan to make it short. Three yeah. seasons. That was all it took. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We finally got him trained. Uh, and that is right. the voice of Caitlin, the laugh track, Guyberson. Hello. Good morning. Yeah. Great to have you with us, Caitlin. So uh, we're um, honored again today to have uh, Matthew Sleeth joining us as our uh, guest interviewee, and uh, Matthew is a medical doctor, also an Alliance official worker. We've had him on before to talk about suicide and depression. Today, he's back to talk about Sabbath. Looking forward to what he has to say about that. He's written a book on the subject called 24-6, and uh, so I hope you'll grab that book and uh, read it. Alan, has Sabbath come easy for you in your uh, life and ministry? Oh, absolutely. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Uh We're kind of, and especially, I I always talked about the central Pennsylvania work ethic. Both of us have spent a considerable amount of time in central Pennsylvania where, you know, it's kind of Pennsylvania Dutch influence. You work your job all day and then you farm all evening and you never take a vacation and you are proud of that. And if you're serving in the midst of a culture like that, and that's a lot of our culture, truly, go, 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 activity, activity, activity. Uh, You have to really uh, ask God to help you and discipline yourself to stop and take uh, Sabbath. So uh, we're going to hear about that today. So grab yourself a Chick-fil-A peach, I understand. Stand is very good. I haven't it had it. It is peach milkshake, Chick Fil A appropriately because they honor Sabbath, and uh, slurp it because milkshakes are good to the last drop. And we, you can hear us, but we can't hear you. So slurp all you want. Sit back, relax. Here we go. Hey, Equipping You friends, it's Caitlin here, and I want to tell you about something super special that we have launched here at Equipping You that's just for you, and we think you're really going to love it. If you're an avid Equipping You listener, an Equipping You live attender, or both, you need to join our Facebook group called Equipping You Community. We love that on the podcast and at Equipping You Live, we get to empower you in your ministries. But we believe that for you to really see the true transformation of your leadership that you want, applying what you learn in community is key. So pause this episode right now and head over to facebook.com slash groups slash equipping you community. Or you can go to equippingyou.com and scroll all the way to the bottom and click on equipping you community. We can't wait to see you there. So we're pleased to welcome Dr. Matthew Sleeth to uh 
Equipping You Podcasts. Matthew, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Great to be back. I, I want to be a regular. Can I? Can I be? You can be. Okay. Uh, you've been here twice. You're already a regular. All right. Almost. I don't think we've interviewed anybody twice. I can't remember. But uh, so you're already a regular. You are well uh, on your way. <laughs> since we talked to you last time about uh, suicide and depression, uh, we've all had to adjust our lives to this COVID nineteen pandemic. We were just talking before we hit record here about pastors who are weary, and that's probably true across the board of other uh, leaders who are listening as well. So what advice would you give our listening ministry leaders to help them maintain their emotional and spiritual health during this time, Matthew? Well, uh, that's a big question, (laughs) and and I'm going to focus on Sabbath. Sabbath isn't the only uh, thing that I would recommend. But having had uh, a Sabbath, which I define as one day of rest out of seven, and uh, having had a Sabbath in my life for almost 20 years, I can tell you that it is the high point of the week for me. I look forward to it uh, all week long, and I experience the Lord in a different way on that day in a way that I wouldn't trade for anything. And um, and there's always some sadness at the end of my uh, Sabbath day that it's come to an end. And so for th- those listeners who don't have Sabbath in their life, this is considered this an inv- a formal invitation. And for for those who have experienced it and maybe let it fall by the wayside, this is a, a re-invitation. Um, and it's an encouragement for those who are keeping it. Uh, and and and. I'll I'll just start with the my theology surrounding Sabbath, and and that is that I don't believe that Sabbath keeping is uh, is necessary for salvation. I I don't think that Sabbath keeping is something that gets you into heaven. It just happens to be the way that heaven is if you get in. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so okay. cons- uh, you know, consider this an invitation, not a com- not a command, as it were. Although it is a commandment, it's the longest commandment in Scripture. Um, it uh, and and it is something that the church has kept both um, when it was the Hebrew Church of God, and then with the New Covenant. For those pastors who are wondering, why do we keep the Sabbath? in an era of freedom, if you will, in, in this side of the cross, when none of our works can add anything um, to our salvation, why has the church kept Sabbath? Uh, we don't celebrate Hanukkah or Yom Kippur or Tish B'Av or any of those holidays. We don't keep kosher. We don't wear our hair the way the Bible would have uh, told us to, uh, to do it in, in the Old Covenant. Um, and nonetheless, every time the church, every generation that has taken up this question, um, right from the get-go, has, um, has weighed the words of Paul in Roman that some days are esteemed higher by uh, people uh, than other days. And yet Paul says, and yet everyone should have a conviction about this. And every generation of the church that's taken this up, and when the church has gone through splits in the Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholic, and then during the Reformation, etc., 
uh, they've always landed on Sabbath as a great thing. And, and A.B. Simpson, whom our denomination owes so much to, was a, a big believer in, in Sabbath. And, and the reason that they have done it is by noticing the effect on Christians and by realizing the positive benefits on non-Christians. If you look at the Sabbath commandment, much of that verbiage is instruction about the people who are not perhaps able to even consciously be um, Christians or believers yet. Uh, you know, the children, um, the strangers in the land who don't speak uh, the language necessarily, and even beasts of burdens. And God's worried about all those folks. And when we stop one day out of seven, even if uh, someone that doesn't believe in God is not focusing on God during that day, nonetheless, they benefit from it. And for those of us who believe in the Lord and see the Lord in a new light on that day, why, there's a great benefit. That's some beautiful stuff. I appreciate you tracking that through history. I'm curious, uh, as we look at our current culture, it seems that Sabbath flies in the face of how we conduct our lives. Can you kind of sketch that for us, how you see it constantly flying up against uh, how we lead our lives at this time? You, you bring up an, an exquisite point here, and, Ooh, and that is uh, yes, point. Well, well, he's Alan. a national influencer, you know. He Alan. is, he is. Um, <laughs> so uh, you bring up a, a great point, and that is that everything in society wants to take Sabbath away. It wants to subtract it from our lives. Why is that, we could ask? And I go to Scripture in which I find that there's only one person in all of Scripture who introduces himself to God as busy. And we see that at the beginning of the book of Job, and a certain character named Satan is <laughs> late to the meeting. Wow. And and oh. God says, where have you been? And he says, I've been going to and fro and up and down. I'm a busy person. <laughs> um, and uh, if you, you think about that, Satan wants us to be conformed to his way of doing things, which is to constantly be busy. And Jesus wants us conformed to his image, which is a man of peace, a man who's in charge, a a man who knows where he's going. Um, and one of the most delightful aspects of Sabbath is, I don't know whether there's going to be another pandemic. I don't know whether aliens are going to land on this planet two <laughs> years from now. But I know that every week I'm going to have a day set aside for rest and refreshment and the Lord. And so the, um, when we look at it, all of society, because this world has fallen, wants to take rest away from us. And, and, and you should be aware of that if you're trying Sabbath, because you're, you're in a realm that's spiritual, and you have enemies there, and you have only one way to defeat those enemies, and, and that's to get close to God and get close to the Word. And, uh, and so I would warn people that if they try Sabbath, they're probably going to be unsuccessful to begin with, but to hang in there and, and get some friends to encourage you, um, uh, get, do some reading about it, go into this armed, um, and, and you'll be much more successful at it. So Matthew, uh, unpack for us a little bit of, of what Sabbath should look like. 
what what it should include and not include for the Christ follower in our day. I kind of grew up in this era where, okay, we don't play sports on Sunday. We don't watch sports on Sunday. You know, you, you sit quietly. So what, what should it look like? Well, um, I think that it's, that it's not just a day off. I think the focus is, um, is, is rest and, and God. And I'll, I'll give you some of the things I do and I don't do. Um, we do live in this, you know, this side of the cross. So like I said, this is not something that your salvation depends on. Um, but on, on that day, I, I run everything through the Philippians 4.8 filter. <laughs> uh, and for those of our listeners who, who don't bring that uh, to mind uh, immediately, Philippians 4.8 is Paul um, discussing what it is that should go into our minds. Mm. What should we be thinking about seeing, doing? And, um, and he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any virtue, and if there be anything of praise, think on these things. And so on, on a Sabbath, I try to read things that are wholesome. It doesn't mean that, that the only thing that I read is the Bible. I might read a, a mystery story or something, um, but it's not going to be gruesome, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, same thing with music, same thing with art. One of the key aspects of Sabbath is that it should be a day of rest and refreshment. Now, the definition of work and rest has changed over the years. Um, if we were to bring one of those Hebrew slaves coming out of Egypt uh, 3,500 years ago, whatever, um, uh, to our modern society and show them Monday morning in a typical office, and people are sitting in front of air conditioning, sipping from their Starbucks coffee, looking at a bright scene. Here comes the work, depressing a key through a quarter of an inch of non-resistance. And we told them that person's working. And then we told them that somebody out running on 90-degree blacktop is having a fun run. Um, they'd say, give me some of the work. <laughs> so some aspects of work and rest are in contrast to what you do on an everyday money-making basis. Uh, so for many of our listeners, rest might involve a hike or a bicycling or gardening on that day. It doesn't have to be just sitting in your room staring at your, your Bible. Um, that sounds actually dreadful to me if you had to do that one day out, out of the week. And, and for those who are physical laborers, that means go ahead and sit back and relax and, and, and enjoy that day. Definitions of work and rest have changed. The definition of commerce has not. Hmm. And in particular, Scripture wants us to avoid commerce on that day if we, we look at that. And so that, for me, means not going into a store, um, not buying things. And in the book that I wrote about Sabbath, and I'll put a plug in for that, it's called 24-6. And uh, if anyone listening can't afford that, you Google my name, come to our ministry, and we'll send it to you. If we have prisoners listening by any chance, you can do that, and I've, I've sent them to you. In, in that um, book, I give an example of a company that, that really takes Sabbath seriously, and it's uh, B&H Photo. 
and uh, they're a mail order business mo- mostly. They have a forty thousand square foot uh, showroom in Manhattan, but um, they close their website down to orders twenty four hours out of every week. That's how seriously they wow. take that wow. commerce portion that. of that. Yes. And so if you think about it, it's as easy for them to make money is as easy as just leaving the button clicked on. But that's not the intent of Sabbath. They take that seriously. And then we all know examples of Christian companies, Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby that that close one day out of the week. So I think avoiding commerce is a key thing for me. Um, uh, just, you know, kind of entering into the Lord's economy, which isn't um, necessarily run on money. I, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I'd never really thought that through because, you know, in Jesus' words, he talks about you can't serve both God and mammon, and mammon is obviously tied to commerce, and it, it, it diverts our worship. That, that's mind-blowing to me. I yeah, really appreciate great. you explaining that. Insightful. Yeah, very much so. Well, so, and if you look at Jesus' example of what Jesus is doing on the Sabbath, first of all, he does the majority of his miracles on the Sabbath. But he's not feeding people and he's not walking on top of water. All of his miracles are confined to healing on that day. And I think he's getting at what Jesus is always getting at what are the what's the intent of the commandments. If you this is a simplistic way of thinking of it, but if you think about Judaism, Judaism is a lot of laws and rules and rituals and that sort of thing. And in a way, it's how far can you get away from God before you cross over a boundary? Christianity is is about how close can you get um, to God? And so Jesus is always about the intent of things and the intent of the Sabbath is to enter into this restful time with the Lord. By the way, Sabbath first shows up in Genesis in creation. It's woven into the fabric of the universe. It's not subtractable. And when God rests, he looks back on those six days before. And what he finds there is good and good and good and even very good. But on the Sabbath, he says, holy. And so we are trying to enter into that holiness um, uh, with the Lord. Your comments lead us to a, a really good question, though. You know, and as Terry referenced earlier, you know, he heard the "Thou shalt not play sports" when he was growing up. I um, didn't hear that necessarily. I want to defend my parents; they did not believe that. I heard it from my friends' parents, however. That's fair. You heard it one way or another. I get that. I get that. You have wonderful parents, so I appreciate that clarifying. Uh, but how do we, Matthew, engage in Sabbath? And still avoid the the legalism, the Pharis- the Pharisaical side of it, and enjoy it the way Jesus intended us. Yeah, the the it's not just sports. I mean, like I said, the whole world is trying to pull this away from you. But I think that, um, and here I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go to John Wesley for a moment. I'm a big fan of John Wesley. Um, you don't have to be even in the Wesleyan tradition to be a fan of him because what was successful for John Wesley has made its way into our denomination and, and many denominations, uh, small groups, emphasis on scripture, that sort of thing. Um, uh, and John Wesley, by the way, was a, was a, a huge uh, Sabbath fan. Um, but John Wesley had what is called the Wesleyan quadrilateral. Uh, he didn't name it that, but uh, other uh, people have. And, and he used four elements to think about something, scripture, 
experience, tradition, and reason. I mean, God doesn't ask us to do anything unreasonable. (laughs) Um, And then we can see what the tradition of the church is and what the experience has been. As Paul said, I'm allowed to do everything, but not everything is good for me. So what has been the experience, you know, when we go down a particular trail? And when we look at that, you know, the church rejected organized sports from the time of Telemachus being martyred in the Colosseum in Rome. He was a, a, a cleric um, to stop the games. Um, until the uh, 20th century, there wasn't a stadium built on this planet because organized sports were always deemed to be incompatible with Christianity um, by the church. And so when you see those stadiums being built again, it's by Hitler and the L.A. Uh, Coliseum, that sort of thing. Um, by, and, and by the way, the largest stadium in the world is in North Korea. And so the experience of the church has been when you go down the sports trail, eventually God gets subtracted completely. And so I, I'm just telling you what the, <laughs> the reality is. And yet, nonetheless, we don't want to be seen as these pharisaical, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. So I'm aware of a soccer league in Florida um, that has formed, uh, that's a large one, that uh, said we won't play games on Sunday. That, that's a time for the church. And uh, so I would say that sometimes Christians need to go around these things, even have their own um, approach like that. Uh, um, but but I think that everyone has to make a stand eventually of what they stand for. And in my experience and my observation, those people who uh, set aside a day for God in their lives are blessed by the Lord. From, and the Lord says he's going to bless you if you do that. Um, so there's some things we may not be able to enter into. I don't think it's right to mow your lawn on a Sunday, personally, because it disturbs your neighbor, unless you're off where your neighbor doesn't hear. And in many countries, you go to Germany or France, you can get a ticket for mowing your grass on Sunday. Even though those are post-Christian countries, they still live with the blessings of Christianity um, and those traditions. and, and so I, I think the way that you always avoid being a Pharisee is to lead with love. But that doesn't mean anything goes. <laughs> mm. Because we don't know how to love without Scripture even. We don't even know what to do. Um, it, it take an example of the last subject we talked about, suicide and, and death and things surrounding that. One of the things I get asked to talk about is, is funerals. You know, Without scripture, we don't know whether to bury the dead, burn the dead, or barbecue and eat the dead. Literally, humans have done all of those those things. And yet we have the example of Christ crying. We know that even the Romans allowed us to bury our Savior. Um, and, and so um, I would say, you know, go easy, lead with love. But the word holy which in Genesis is only applied to Scripture and God, uh, Sabbath and God. God rests, God is holy, therefore rest is holy. And, and we see that in, in Genesis 2, and um, that's the only definition of holy, is, and the word means set apart. And so the reality is that if you observe Sabbath, you're going to find yourself set apart from other people at some point, and that may mean not doing sports, 
That may mean not mowing the grass on a particular day, but lead with love. That would be my advice. Yeah. So probably two or three times in my life, Matthew, I've mowed my lawn on Sunday and uh, I felt guilty about it while I was doing it because I knew my grandmother wouldn't approve, even though she's long gone. And now I will feel more guilty if I ever do it. So thank well, you, you are so absolved. much. <laughs> thank you. So uh, rest in and of itself is a good thing. So, you know, I rested last night. I slept. Uh, I needed that. We all need that. So we all need the rest of Sabbath. But, but is there something that Sabbath rest symbolizes in our lives that's also important? I think what it really symbolizes is trust. If you even look in the book of Hebrews, I think it's chapter four, where they're talking about rest, and, and those Hebrews didn't enter into the rest. And even when they switch, the writer of Hebrews switches to the New Testament thinking about Christ being our rest, it's trust and faith that is the, the key there. And so many of us work so much that we don't know where God, where we stop and God takes over. And the reality is that God's rest is more powerful than human work. Amen. Um, and wow. so it's, for me, it's a, it's a day of reassurance because I have found that if I give one day over to God, that he can do in six days what most people need seven to do. And for those listeners who are not just pastors, but missionaries, I got to tell you this, as, as a, uh, a parent of full-time missionaries, um, medical missionaries in Africa, my son is leaving another week. He's been on, he's been on break, uh, his first one after a couple of years in the field, um, and, uh, and he's going back in, in another week. And when he takes his Sabbath day, kids die. He is the only pediatrician for two and a half million kids. Wow. He doesn't go to work. Kids always die on that day. Uh, and he knows that. But if he goes to work, he'll be off the field in a very short order. And so life is a marathon, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, for me, that rest uh, is the recharging to run this race well. And this race is a marathon. Wow. That is very helpful to put that. I, I recall seeing that sometime in the past, but you clarified that idea of the Lincoln Sabbath and trust. Thank you. Yeah. You it's know, you it's know. like, um, it, it, it's on a, on a more tangible uh, thing. The analogy would be uh, to tithing. If you have money problems, tithe. <laughs> yes. And it's an act of trust. And I promise that you won't write to me in a year and say, oh, we blew it. Uh, and it's the same thing. All of us seem to have a shortage of time. And the mm -hmm. trust thing is doing the counterintuitive, doing it God's way, and setting uh, time aside, and you'll find out that you have more. So in your book, you reference stop days. What, unpack that for us. Well, I kind of wanted to get around the language of Sabbath or Sunday or anything. And, 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 and so I, I use the term stop day because uh, Hebrews didn't have names for the days of the week. Uh, it was kind of day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, stop. 
and um, and and just you know kind of think of just stop and stop running on autopilot and become conscious of what you're doing. Give you an example of a Sabbath activity um, that I used to do. I don't I don't do it. Uh, I do it automatically now. I don't have to take pencil and piece of paper. Uh, I came. I I became a Christian late in life. I was in my my uh, late forties when I uh, found the Lord, or He found me, or well, He found. He always knew where I was when I found Him. Um, <laughs> and I'd been an ER doctor, and I had a cynical attitude. And somebody said, "Matthew, you're a cynic. You need to do something about that." And I started doing a practice of every single day to write down one thing that I was grateful for. And if you do that, and then on your Sabbath, you look back at those six days that that have gone before, and you and you concentrate on those things that you're grateful for, it's going to change your whole worldview. And I'll tell you what will happen to your gratitude journal. It'll turn into a miracle journal. Mm-hmm. Because the things that you see, you're going to begin to realize that everything that God does is a miracle. Mm. And so, to me, just that one practice of, of reviewing on, on Sabbath, of stopping and looking at the days, the six days before, opened my eyes to miracles. Um, do you want to know how blind you can be to miracles? I'll give you a personal example. The first time I prayed, I had a woman in the emergency department. I'd, uh, she had bad asthma. She'd flown from Colorado, where a couple of you are, and, uh, and she came into the emergency department struggling for life, and I intubated her, and everything stopped. She just basically died on me. Mm. And her daughter is out in the waiting room, and her daughter's about 25, and I have to go out and say, you know, things are not going to go well. And this woman said, will you, will you pray? with me. And I, uh, that was the weirdest thing anybody had ever asked me in life up to that point. And, and I said, yeah. And she said, well, let's get on our knees. And I'm like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. So down I went on my knees <laughs> and, and we prayed for her mother. And I said, come on back in. Uh, you know, I got to show you your mom sort of before we stop what we're doing. And we walked back in and it was like out of a, a Mel Brooks movie all, almost bleep, bleep, bleep. Everything starts again. She starts breathing. Her heart starts up. And I go, oh man, I must have thrown enough fluids in. No, I just pray. (laughs) (laughs) Because of keeping track of things that I'm grateful every day, now I see miracles. I would have seen that then, and I didn't. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? You pray for somebody to live, they wake up from the dead, and you go, oh, I must have put enough fluid. Yeah. Well, that's the first time I've ever heard a miracle compared to a Mel Brooks movie, <laughs> I must confess. Well, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yes. The uh, last time you were with us, Matthew, we talked about suicide and depression uh, rampant in our society. I think it's fair to say that depression is epidemic, at least in, in our society. Is there a connection to that topic of depression and suicide to this topic of Sabbath? That we're talking about today? I think absolutely. Uh, It's been studied. There's a book called The Blue Zone of those people who live longest in the world. And uh, of those people who live longest, all of them have one day of rest. By the way, a day of rest out of seven 
has never happened to anybody on this planet that it didn't come from God. It's God's thumbprint on on the planet. Uh, You you look at any other uh, society, they don't have uh, a Sabbath. So even people keeping a Sabbath who don't attribute it to God, it's still God's thumbprint um, on this. And those people are healthier. And, And right now we really are in this major uh, epidemic of suicide and overdoses. If you look at the number of suicides and overdoses this year, they're keeping track with the coronavirus. Mm. Okay, oh. so so it's just not as newsworthy. Um, and yet it's very, very important to the Lord. Every one of these are, are potentially one of his sheep, you know. And, and so um, I think... Uh, in in this time where the work period of our life is very disturbed for a lot of people and we're working from home or maybe we're not even allowed to go to work or we've lost a job and children who aren't going to school are home, that those rhythms that Sabbath sets up are even more important because Sabbath just isn't about resting. It's about getting your work organized too. The Hebrew people had to do twice as much work the day before Sabbath, in order to get ready for it when they were picking up their manna. And so one of the things that I've observed in in long-term Sabbath keepers is that they're really much better about getting their work done and getting that cleared up. And so I think that that all these uncertainties being thrown at people are, are really taxing our mental health, as it were. And one thing about Sabbath is that it becomes a certainty in life. And that's very, very health, healthy for us in the long haul. Yeah. I think there's yeah. a, especially when we were all on lockdown at home, you think, well, I'm at home, so I'll just, you know, I'll keep working. It's not really work. I'm at home. And so you're go, 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 produce, 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 produce. You, you fall into a dangerous spot if, if you do that. And yeah, okay, you're working from home, but you still need to stop for a day. You still need to have Sabbath. You still need to rest. And uh, I, I had to, I know I had to come to that uh, conclusion. Alan, you got one more question for us, I believe. Well, maybe even two, but I, I feel like something is, is curious inside me. You know, one of the things that we keep touching on, but haven't hit head on is pastors directly. You know, the day that we typically assign Sabbath is Sunday is often one of their busiest days. Can you have a couple of tips that you can give pastors to help them navigate that? Absolutely. I think for most pastors, you're going to have to shift that to another day. Uh, Now, I've known exceptions to that. I know people who love preaching so much that that's just an absolute uh, joy. A friend of mine, the late Ellsworth Callis, um, just loved preaching so much um, that uh, to him, it was restful to get into a pulpit, and and he had to be there. And um, but for for most of us, that's not. It doesn't come easy. It's work, and there's other things that hit us on a on a Sunday if we're pastors. And and I think that it's best to have either like a Friday, a Saturday, or a Monday that's consistent that you set aside as, as your as your Sabbath day. And um, and again, we see we see the rationale for this in Scripture. The the priests in the Old Testament don't own land; um, they're cycled in and out of their duties, you know, in the in the synagogue, uh, in the temple, that sort of thing. So, for pastors, another day, but encourage your parishioners 
to aim to Sunday if you can, because I believe that one of the things that God gave Sabbath for was to build community. And right now, um, it's community is very, very challenging in the church. But if we, we head towards a Sabbath on the same day, I think that would be very helpful. Well, you gave us a whole lot of good suggestions that honestly, to me, did not feel heavy. They felt light. And I want to say thank you for that. Really? You know, le- leading with love, recognizing that Sabbath symbolizes trust. Those to me are, are priceless. And making that connection that the first person to talk about, an only person, I think you said, talk about being busy, it was Satan himself. Uh, wow. Do you have any parting words for our listeners that they can keep it in their minds about the benefits uh, of taking a Sabbath? Well, just this. I've been, uh, you know, we live in a world where everybody comments on what other people are doing. <laughs> you get the thumbs up or down or you're liked or you're not liked or, or that sort of thing. And I get a lot of letters from people. And particularly in the last six months, I've gotten just an enormous amount of communications from people. And I, and I sit and I write old-fashioned letters to people. And I particularly take a lot of time writing back to the non-believers. But in all the letters I've gotten over the years, not one person has ever said, I regret having taken up the Sabbath. Mm. Um, The longer that you experience it, the more that you appreciate it. But that takes some time. And we live in an instant world where we want instant everything. And Sabbath keeping is not going to instantly change you. uh, But give it some time. That would be my, my advice. Good words. Thank you yep. so much. Matthew, we really appreciate you uh, coming back on today and uh, all of your insightful thoughts about the topic of Sabbath. You are a good friend of ours, and uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, the last time I suggested that you come back again and talk to us about the environment, God's creation, and you shifted us to the Sabbath appropriately. And uh, so we'll ask you now to come back again sometime and talk to us about the environment. I know you've oh, I'd love to written on some stuff to. about that. So uh, we'd love to have That'd you back. Great. But uh, meanwhile, uh, thanks again for uh, being on today, and and uh, may God continue to bless and use you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Alan Matthew did not disappoint uh, today. Not. Uh, some very insightful thoughts about Sabbaths. Stuff I'd never heard before, stuff I'd never thought of before. What uh, what sticks out in your mind about uh, what Matthew shared today? Well, I mean, aside from the fact that after the fourth question, I thought thought we needed an altar call. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, holy cow! We're gonna we're gonna lay you're gonna lay your Boston Red Sox paraphernalia. I'm gonna lay my Atlanta Braves paraphernalia at the altar. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was. I mean, it was convicting, but you know, it, it wasn't a guilt-ridden conviction. I really felt like I needed to hear that, you know, and and the reminder that Sabbath symbolizes our trust, just like tithing symbolizes our trust, yeah. and uh, and to make sure we're always leading with love, because uh, engaging in commerce looks different for different people. Um, it, it, you know, it's there's so much in there. You know, I will probably listen to our own podcast multiple times just to get some of it in. I'm very thankful for our our guest today. So we're glad you listen. And uh, if you appreciate what you hear, we hope you'll share it. 
share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, uh, whatever your means of communication, share it with your coaching cluster, ministerium, uh, leadership network group, whatever you call it, uh, and say, hey, did you listen to uh, Equipping You podcast about Sabbath? And uh, we'd, we'd really love to uh, get this spread far and wide so that uh, our pastors and leaders are exercising this component of healthy living and healthy ministry. So uh, until next time, which will be, if everything goes well, in 15 days, stay healthy and keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.